0: I'd like to start with a prayer. Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning that many lives and hearts would be touched. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to begin this sermon by introducing you to the global expert in the world on the issue of preventing and addressing human sex trafficking. His name is Valiant Richie, and you can Google him. He used to be the chief prosecutor in Seattle, King County, and had the most successful strategy to stop human sex trafficking in the world. He now works for the European Union to stop human sex trafficking. We're going to watch the first three minutes of his talk at the United Nations last spring. He gives an overview of the scope of the problem.
1: Well, I'm delighted to see so many of you here today and at such an early hour. Uh, which is quite impressive, Um, and it tells me that there's a a great deal of interest in this topic. Uh, As the OSCE acting uh, coordinator for combating trafficking in human beings, I have the honor of welcoming you to this meeting. Uh, My name is Val Ritchie, and today we are going to be uh, talking about how states can fully meet their obligations and commitments to address the demand side of human trafficking, particularly in the context of sexual exploitation of women and girls. This entails, of course, a discussion of what those obligations and commitments are that states have, why addressing demand matters, and what can be done about it. To start with, uh, the global picture on human trafficking is not very good. Various sources of global data tell us that victims of human trafficking likely number in the millions. ILO estimates there are some 20 to 25 million victims of labor and sexual exploitation globally. It is, of course, hard to know how accurate this number is, but the precise number doesn't matter too much. The point that matters is that the number is very, very large, and our response is woefully inadequate. Available data suggests also that the problem is getting worse, not better. Second, we know that various forms of trafficking are highly gendered. Data show that on a global level, women and girls are disproportionately impacted by human trafficking. As the recently-launched UNODC Global Report on Trafficking in Persons estimates, a strong majority of the victims detected across the world are female, mainly adult women, but also increasingly girls, and the vast majority of the detected victims of trafficking for sexual exploitation are females. At the same time, the majority of victims of trafficking for forced labor globally appear to be men, and this suggests to us that the purpose or reason for the trafficking is connected to the gender of the victim. Therefore, our response needs to be highly conscious of these dynamics as we respond to the issue. Third, we know that trafficking feeds off of vulnerability and inequality, particularly gender, economic, and racial inequality. And yet, vulnerability does not cause trafficking, or rather, vulnerability does not mean that trafficking is inevitable. Demand factors are primarily responsible in that they create the financial incentive for trafficking, a criminal act that takes advantage of the vulnerability whether it be the demand for commercial sex or the demand for cheap goods and labor. Thus, in light of the tremendous scope of trafficking globally, the gendered nature nature of the issue, and our collective failure thus far to effectively address it, our response must evolve and take into account demand initiatives if we are to be successful in eradicating human trafficking.
0: Valiant Ritchie points out that the problem is large. It is growing, and we're doing very little to stop it, and it is a gendered problem. My name is Mrs. Kathy Peters, and I'm just a mom. I love the Lord, and I've been following Him since I was 14 years old. I married a Christian man at 27 years of age, and the joy of our hearts is our family of three children, a son and two daughters, ages 34, 31, and 29. Our son worked in Ottawa for 10 years, starting in the Prime Minister's office and he met his wife in the trade minister's office. Our oldest daughter is an enduro mountain bike coach and racer and a registered massage therapist. Our youngest daughter is a family doctor in the U.S. and married to a Navy pilot in the U.S. military. My husband is here, and he's an architect. I'm a retired inner-city high school teacher where I taught in the Surrey area by the King George Highway over 40 years ago. Underage prostitution, which, in fact is human sex trafficking was occurring in the area I taught. Many of my students were involved in gangs, drugs, and prostitution. We had bars on the windows. The police dogs came through the school many days of the week, and I was one of the few female teachers at the school. I was also one of the only Christian teachers in the school. I loved it. I loved the challenge. I loved giving students hope and inspiring them to make something wonderful with their lives. Many of my students did not graduate from grade 10, so a goal I had was to encourage them to complete grade 10, then grade 12, and I had a number of students who went on to university. I coached sports, and that became an avenue of success for many of my students. Unfortunately, the environment I taught in at which time was pretty extreme, is now the new normal in most schools and communities. So what has changed? What has happened? After raising our children, I volunteered for five years for two members of parliament, John Weston in West Vancouver and Joy Smith from Manitoba. Former MP Joy Smith is the expert activist in the country, and she introduced our three federal human trafficking laws. Here's a picture of her. Right here, my son put this together because he worked for her. There's Joy. She's my hero. And she now runs the Joy Smith Foundation. Again, you can Google it. It's a very successful NGO committed to stopping human sex trafficking in Canada. So I am now an advocate and speaker to the issue of human trafficking, sexual exploitation, youth and child trafficking exploitation. This is a tough issue. It's a deep issue because it gets to the very root of who we are and where we come from, literally our biological beginnings. It's a sacred place. It's a holy place, our personal beginnings. And today, this area of our lives and our humanity is becoming exposed, misused, abused, exploited by a culture that is anti-God, anti-Christ, and anti-life. We have a hyper- sexualized culture, which the internet, with its easy access to any information you want, has exacerbated. The good news, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Colossians 1 In Christ you can be the change this world desperately needs. In Christ you can do and live the impossible because in him all things are possible. So why would an ordinary mother take on such an issue, such an evil? Why am I here talking about such things in a church for a sermon on a Sunday morning? It's because as Christians, if we do not address these issues, the world cannot. God knows our beginnings. He created us. Only in Him can we speak to an issue so deep so significant. Only God himself can heal these deep places. He is the healer. He is the great physician. He is the great heart who can heal every broken heart. That is the gospel. John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him would have everlasting life. He loves you. To every person here, I assure you, this is the greatest news there is. It is in Christ himself you will find healing, wholeness, rest, comfort, fulfillment, and the peace that passes all understanding. I've been working on this issue of human trafficking, sexual exploitation, youth and child exploitation for the past 25 years. Due to the advent of the internet, it is the fastest growing crime in the world and in Canada and here in Richmond, surpassing drug and weapon sales. Definition: human trafficking is the recruiting, transporting, transferring, receiving, holding, concealing, harboring, exercising control over a person for the purpose of exploiting them. The key word. Is exploitation. The next video is by Exodus Cry, out of the U.S. and gives an overview of what this issue looks like globally and how prostitution and human trafficking are hand-in-glove. In other words, they can't exist without one another.
2: Around the world there is a growing movement of people seeking to remove all legal barriers to prostitution. Their position is is that by fully decriminalizing all aspects of the sex industry, prostitution will become safer and more empowering for women. Out of this belief, a number of countries and organizations have adopted a pro-prostitution stance. But does full decriminalization or legalization actually make prostitution safer and more empowering? In countries that have tried it, there is an exponential increase in the demand for prostitution. More men are enticed to buy sex more men want to profit from a woman's body this leads to more pimps and brothel owners in turn this increase in demand requires prostituted women to perform more extreme sex acts more frequently and get paid less in this system men become even more entitled and emboldened and women become even more objectified and exploited one male sex buyer explained she's a prostitute she's not a person she's just a commodity When I strip her of her humanity and she's just an object, then I can do whatever I want to it and have no remorse. As a consequence of this mindset, instead of preventing the rapes, assaults, and trauma inherent to prostitution, full decriminalization or legalization actually perpetuates them. One woman who survived this system of prostitution in New Zealand said, I thought legal prostitution would give more power and rights to the women, but I soon realized the opposite was true there is another even more insidious consequence of full decriminalization and legalization. While legalization fuels the demand for men who want to buy sex, there are never enough women willing to become prostitutes to meet that demand. Because of this, in every country that embraces legalization or full decriminalization, there are higher rates of sex trafficking than in countries where prostitution is illegal. Legalization and full decriminalization drives more men to consume and use women for sex. It forces more women and children into sexual slavery. And the result is that more women and children experience more violence, more abuse, more rape, and more inequality. For these reasons, the act of buying or selling another person's body for sex should not be permitted and promoted. It should be criminalized and the people exploited in prostitution should be offered a viable means of escape along with social services to support a life outside of the sex industry. Join the movement to stop the business of sexual exploitation. Share this video. Tell the world the truth about prostitution.
0: So 25 years ago, I first heard about this issue from a former RCMP officer who's now considered the top expert in addressing child sex exploitation and sex tourism in the world. Maybe you've heard of him. Brian McConaughey is a Christian man who founded Ratnak Foundation in Burnaby. When he discovered that businessmen from Canada, United States, and Europe visit the brothels in Cambodia to buy sex with children. Children as young as four and five years of age. It's such a shocking situation there that Canadians can hardly understand it. Eight years ago, I heard a presentation from Benjamin Perrin, a UBC law professor who has written this textbook on human trafficking, sexual exploitation, youth and child exploitation, in Canada called Invisible Chains. Our family was shocked to hear this crime exists here in Canada. Seven years ago, our son worked in Ottawa for MP Mrs. Joy Smith. I volunteered for Mrs. Smith in both Ottawa and Winnipeg, where I met victims of sex trafficking. These women were the same age as our daughters, and I was shocked by their stories of victimization. So the story that really got me started on this, with raising public awareness in BC, occurred seven years ago when I met Christine, a sex trade survivor. She came from an ordinary family with a mom and a dad, Caucasian, five siblings. Dad started to drink, and the family fell apart. Mom could not cope. All six children were put into foster care. Christine was the oldest at 11. She was grade six, straight-A student, track star, and played the flute. Once in foster care, the foster father sexually assaulted her. Christine knew this was wrong, and she ran. This was in Toronto. Within two hours, she was picked up by an older man who said he had a house with other girls just like her. She went with him, and by that evening was on cocaine and alcohol, servicing 10 to 20 men a night sexually, seven days a week, for the next 10 years. Mrs. Smith helped her get out of the sex trade, got her into detox, medical help, and into school. I spent three days with Christine. I was assigned to take care of her because she wanted to tell her story publicly. She needed 24-7 protection as she spoke at events and on the radio. I was shocked. How could this happen here in Canada? A child for sex? I cried. And I cried, and I cried, and I promised Christine I would stop this crime in BC. The federal law is the Protection of Communities and Exploited Persons Act. It passed in December 2014. So I took it upon myself, with the support of my family, to raise awareness about this crime and to encourage law enforcement to enforce the law here in BC. So the federal law, number one, it targets the the buyers of sex, the demand. That's what Valiant Ritchie is trying to get law enforcement to do around the world. We actually have the law that says you target the Johns, the buyers of sex, the traffickers, the facilitators. Second part, the seller of sex is considered a victim, is usually female and not criminalized. Number three, there's supposed to be exit strategies in place to help that victim get out of the sex trade. So this law represents a radical shift in thinking and a radical change in the law by focusing the law on the actual source of the harm, the buyers of sex and the profiteers. The clear statement from Parliament is that girls and women and the vulnerable in Canada are not for sale. They are full human beings with dignity and human rights. So I'm in touch with every politician and police agency in BC. I implore politicians to ask, act. I ask for two E's. Education of the crime, enforcement of the law. But the problem today, we have an unregulated internet. The global sex trade is moving fast. The shocking reality is your children, your grandchildren, our grandchildren potentially are the targets because children is where the money is. What kind of society would tolerate having children being bought and sold for sex. Canada has to step up and recognize and address this rapidly growing crime, because if we don't, every woman, girl, and child, and the vulnerable will become a potential target and victim. Our communities will no longer be safe, healthy, vibrant, or working. Our indigenous women and girls, I just had two days with them, are vastly overrepresented in the sex trade and human sex trafficking. Pornography, no surprise, is the fuel to human sex trafficking. Pornography on the internet has become increasingly hardcore, violent, demeaning, dehumanizing, and brutal. If you are watching porn, get help to stop. It's highly addictive and will completely twist your views of men and women relationships. Porn has nothing to do with real life, godly, sacred intimacy between a man and a woman. Porn objectifies commodifies and dehumanizes both men and women. It robs both of their God-designed humanity. To every person here, please know you are precious, you are special, you are unique, there is no one like you, and only God's love will ever satisfy you. I don't know how this issue affects you, Perhaps you've had a personal experience and been sexually used in this way. Perhaps you know children you are concerned about. Perhaps you have a porn problem, or you have used or misused someone sexually. Whatever your experience as a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm here to encourage you, to plead with you, to turn to him. In BC, we're very concerned about the environment, but God is concerned about the Environment, who you are on the inside, your character. To deal with the environment of our lives, consider these four questions. Number one, have you been born again? John 3 5. Number two, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Acts 1 8. Number three, have you reckoned yourself dead indeed unto sin? and alive unto God. Romans 6:11. And number 4. Have you presented your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Romans 12:1 and 2. So now I have a root and fruit video.
3: Long ago a gardener planted a tree It grew higher than all of the other trees, more beautiful than anything in the garden. Soon, the tree bore fruit, feeding all of the nearby people. They had never tasted anything so sweet. They ate and were satisfied. But one day, the tree was poisoned, and the fruit, though sweet to the taste, became bitter to their hearts. The fruit kept growing, and the people continued to harvest. But no matter how much they picked, they could never keep up. They grew weary and tired, exhausted and overwhelmed. For years, they picked the fruit only to see it grow back in greater number. And all the while, the roots of the tree speared deeper and deeper infecting everything around them. It was the roots that carried the poison, the roots that grew the terrible fruit. And it was then that the people saw, to change the fruit, they had to change the roots.
0: The Bible tells of a religious man called Nicodemus who came to Jesus to learn more about him. Jesus told Nicodemus that he needed to be born again. Born again does not mean turning over a new leaf. It means having a new life. Because what I've learned about this root issue, as shown in the video, it's that we can't change ourselves into what God wants us to be. Only God, through Jesus Christ, by his Holy Spirit, can change us And he changes us by coming to live within us. He changes us from the inside out. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you activate your will and make a deliberate decision to fully surrender your life to Jesus Christ, your appetites will change. What you think about will change. Your desires will change. Things that you used to be able to do with no problem, you won't be able to do anymore. Not because anybody told you, but because something inside of you has changed. That is the good news found in the Bible and in God's love letter to you. It will transform you and change you. That is the confidence I have for everyone in this room. Do you have that confidence for yourself? Romans 12, 1 and 2. The order here is really important. You commit your body first. Then your mind can be renewed. Fornication is a big problem today, but it's a word we rarely hear. Fornication is sex between people who are not married to each other, and God says to flee from it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is a powerful chapter and speaks a lot about fornication. Why? Because God is pure, and God values purity, and God calls us to be pure. Purity is power. Purity is where your power is. The world screams at us to surrender that purity, but God calls us to be pure. As Christian people, your strength is in your purity. Psalm 24.3 says, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Matthew 5.8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And that is why Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It is a privilege to speak to you today about this issue. You are all... World changers, if you are willing to follow Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit with everything you have. I've described the B, now let's talk about what you can do. And I want you to be encouraged to be a world changer. The last video I'm gonna show show is a very short clip from the show called World Changers from Nanaimo. And it features a friend of mine, a grade 11 student taken Marshall who phones me up one day and says, "I want to stop human sex trafficking." So, here's my friend Tegan Marshall.
2: Having laid the problem on the table, we obviously want to say, "What can we do to to protect the girls? To ideally end this as a... I mean, no part prostitution as old as the hills, but this kind of exploitation is is trafficking. Is you know, we can't tolerate it. You know, right? What I mean, what do they? What do the girls need from? Is it improved foster care? Is it better housing? Is it more supportive group homes? Is it personal counselling? Is it taken?
3: That that's that could help them, but it won't. Because where it has to begin is it has to begin with us as men in particular. Okay. Where it absolutely has to Don't begin. Don't t- oh, you just done it. <laughs> wow. Doesn't matter. Carry on. Where it has to begin is with us. Um, what I say to most people is, and what I say to everyone is... Yeah. If I can pick up my book without hitting my microphone, yeah. you need to read this book. Okay. Um, it, 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 it's heavy, yeah. but um, Benjamin Perrin, who I'm in contact with, yes. um, studied this issue for 10 years in Cambodia, so
0: educate yourself and... He's my hero. He phoned me up one day from Nanaimo and said, Mrs. Peters, I've heard about what you do. I want to help you stop that. You can see he's got cerebral palsy. He grew up in foster care. So I mentored him on FaceTime for a whole year and taught him about this issue. And his challenge, of course, was to read this textbook. That's what he was holding up. And at the end, he had to do a project. He said, Mrs. Peters, what should I do for a project? And I said, well, go present to your high school. He did. Now go present to your youth group. He did. And then I said, now go present to Nanaimo City Council. And he did. They gave him a standing ovation and said it was the best presentation they've ever seen. Then on his own, he went and presented to Qualicum City Council. Then the newspaper got hold of him and did a full-page interview on him. And then the TV did a half-an-hour program on him. So I'm going to say to everybody in this room, you're a world changer. You can stop this. Take it, Marshall and I are trying to stop it, because we are losing this generation of children. And I will hold, I will stand before God and hold the church responsible if this crime continues, because we have the answer in Jesus Christ. So what we can do, I'm going over in detail next Friday night. I sure hope everybody comes. I have a lot of material, and I have material at the back that you can help yourself to. The most important piece is a little postcard with a phone number on it with the National Human Trafficking. Uh, phone number. And we finally have that phone number for all of Canada. If you know of anybody that you suspect is involved in this, that's the number that you call for help. The other thing I wanna warn you Uh, Vancouver's the best place to buy and sell children for sex in the country and out of all of the United States. Richmond has a terrible problem. You have a large Asian population. You've got massage parlors here, and you have Airbnb with micro brothels. You also have the airport here. We are an entry port into Canada, and we're a port city along with Victoria and Nanaimo. We are 30 years behind Ontario, 20 years behind Manitoba and Alberta. Sex tourism is here. You can get any size, shape, age, color for sex, here in Vancouver, and the church is oblivious. I am talking now genocide. That is the word I'm using. The police have warned me. Have you heard of Robert Picton? We're about to have hundreds of more Robert Pictons if we don't start to deal with this. So I'm gonna encourage all of you, and I've got a template at the back, write your member of parliament to say we do not want full decriminalization of prostitution. In other words, they're talking about legalizing it. That means Canada would become the new bordello of the world. You want to be like Germany, where 80% of men buy sex? Your husbands, your brothers, your uncles, your grandfathers bind sex in Canada? We're not known for that. If you don't want that, then you're going to have to write your Member of Parliament. You're going to have to write your Minister, Minister of Public Safety and your Minister of Justice. It's David Lometty. right, Mr. Trudeau, of course. And then you've got to write provincially. Your Solicitor General, Mike Farnworth, and of course, the Premier. You let them know we do not sell, buy and sell our women and children. And you do not want full decriminalization of prostitution. Right now, it's on a freight train for that to happen. It could happen very quickly. I've warned you all, if every person in this room wrote a letter to the MP, I promise you, it would stop it. There's a couple of protective factors to keep your children out of the sex industry. Number one is having an education, making sure your child gets a grade 12. The other thing is to have one caring, consistent adult in your lives. Girls tell me that are in the sex trade. What would have kept them out of the sex trade is a caring father. The last verse in the Old Testament, Malachi 4, 5, and 6, gives this very strong admonition. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he, I love this verse, he shall turn the heart of the father's to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So, to conclude, and I think it's time to conclude, or do I have a couple more? Do I have a minute or two to tell the story? I have a minute or two. To okay, okay, so let me just read some. I, I, I mean, I'm so encouraged. God is opening doors. All I can say is this whole thing has come to me. I've been asked, now here's the good news I've presented already to your Richmond RCMP. I've been asked to present, Malcolm Brody, your mayor, has asked me to present to their council and their staff. That's awesome. Where's Robert Picton territory? Port Coquitlam. So I get to train all of their staff and their council. West Vancouver stepped up on this. They want me to train their whole staff. This is great. And then Chilliwack has asked me, I've already trained all their police officers. They want me to come and, and speak to their council and to their whole staff. So I'm getting different areas that are picking up on it. The problem, and you can pray, is Vancouver. Vancouver essentially has legalized prostitution. They turn a blind eye. So if you want to pray, you pray for the mayor. Vancouver Police Department are good. They want to enforce the law, but they don't have the politician's support. So pray for that city, because Vancouver right now, I said to you, is the best place to buy and sell women and children in the whole country and out of all of the United States. That's how bad it is here. So now I want to conclude. I want to pray for the fathers in this room. I want to pray for our country. And then I'm going to end with a benediction. So, I'm going to ask every father in this room to please stand. And in your hearts, I want everybody else to pray with me. Father, bless these men to be all that you've called them to be by your Holy Spirit. May you give them the wisdom and grace needed to be good fathers, good husbands, and good men. Now I'm going to ask everybody else to stand. And in your hearts, again, please pray with me. Father, we commit this great country of Canada to your care and protection. We pray specifically for our leaders, that they would do the right thing and consider your ways to protect the vulnerable, our families, our communities. May the laws of this land truly keep Canada glorious and free. And now you can open your eyes. A benediction. Please receive this. To everyone in this room. Keep your hearts with all diligence. Walk in his love. And live out the reality that Christ in you is the hope of glory. Now go in that hope. God bless you, your families, this community, and ultimately, this country. God, keep our land glorious and free, amen.